This podcast contains adult content. So if you've got little ears in the car, you may want to turn it down. We also go deep into the emotional, spiritual and energetic worlds. So please open your hearts and proceed with care. As soon as your outer vestments are in hand, I know you're easy. You're woo woo woo. Welcome to the Woo Wooverse, a deep dive into energy, self, and soul awakening. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Kiralee. And I'm Lynette. So let's get a little bit of perspective of where the history of the Woo Woo Verse, where we sit in the Woo Woo Verse, mm. um, what the Woo Woo Verse means to you. Woo Woo Verse, yeah. Oh my just goodness. Again, small question. small question. Let's just start Let, with a simple one. So let's go with simplest terms, most convenient definition for all of us that yes, haven't done please. theological degrees and quantum physics degrees. I'm going to try and compact it into what I understand because I think it's really interesting about how as a culture we have got to a point where we have a self-care or a wellness economy now. It's a big business. It is a trillion-dollar industry. Bear with me as I try and explain the journey of the world in this verse so far. We kind of understand the universe it's a given experience that it means space, time and all of its contents, planets, stars, galaxies, form, matter, energy. And that's really a scientific understanding of our universe, our world. Now, it's massive, 93 billion light years, I think it's roughly. generally <laughs> roughly mapped out to be. No edges, no centre. So things are in our awareness vast. From the beginning of time, people have been seeking how we fit into that, how this was formed, why we're here. You know, ancient philosophers used to study things like how water hit rocks and how those forces were working through us or how we could manage them um, for health or, you know, for future predictions and how it could teach us about life and give us wisdom. So it's always been a little bit of a question around how all of this relates to us. And that's from all cultures. So you can look at any history and culture's timeline and really people are trying to work out what the dig is. It's, what we're, it's a fundamental part here? of the human experience, right? To go, why are we here and what happens when we die? Like we've yeah. been, these are the big questions that our beautiful human brains like to ponder. Our consciousness mm. is constantly seeking understanding. So from these philosophical models and that question, who are we? Why am I here? What's my impact? What can I do to preserve health or create balance or harmony? We kind of began to try and formulate structures around it where people could gather around thoughts and ideas and methods. And sometimes that led to medicine or science exploring certain understandings religion, and going off on little philosophy. structured religion. Yep. But there was still still East and West traditions and essentially people started to find themselves not railroaded, well, maybe a little, into these kinds of organised thoughts around these big forces, you know, 
God, ideas of the way the universe was created, um, what to do, what not to do. And for a while, that seemed to be functioning and working for society. But there were always people who worked and thought outside of the box and were the next people that questioned things. As you go on throughout history, you start to realise that this has been brewing for a long time. We are at a very special point in time. Yeah, it's, space, it's getting really interesting. Looking at it in our modern history, so we realised we don't necessarily fit into those models and structures anymore. Mm. And we've had to ask, what else is there? So we keep expanding these questions and concepts to try and come up with something that really does feel right for where we are And it now. is very modern. Like as ancient as these questions are, this point that we find ourselves at in time is an incredibly modern melding of the ancient and, and the modern and this technological age that we live in, but we're still really aware that we're affected by the turning of the earth. And how powerful it can be to just get back into nature, even though we've got like a supercomputer in our pockets at all times. It's something that fascinates me about this is that some of the original concepts and thoughts, ancient concepts, are still with us today. And they're trying to fit in with new understandings of science, for example, string theory and you know, that wonderful book now, The Tower of Physics, which looks at how everything is an interconnected web. So we are really starting to question these things. And I feel like there's like the big macro, like this history that you're talking about of, of these thoughts. It's the big macro journey. But also when I come at it from my point of view, I've had my own micro journey. I was, I was an atheist. I absolutely was an atheist. There is nothing other than the flesh. There is nothing more than what can we see. Science has all the answers. And now I'm a bloody intu intuitive, right? <laughs> now I read and see energy. I've had to come back around myself. And I feel like a lot of people, you know, we live in this rational world where we're told certain things, but everybody's like has that experience that they don't really know what to do with. They've had that thing happen and they know that it's real, but they maybe don't have the words to describe it. You're touching on something really interesting because it's one of the reasons we've ended up where we have, which is that all these rules and regulations that were in structured thought and religion around the concept of God, for example, and even the constraints of science that now these quantum physicists that are considered a little bit rogue have gone off and started to explore. Those restrictions have become too much to define people's personal experiences. And so people started breaking away from these models and the rules and the regulations. And they started saying, well, no, I don't really fit into that. So where do I fit in? And that's where this whole concept of the new age really started to come to the fore because it's based on your concept of the divine energy or the source or that God is everything or everywhere and that it's about how you operate with that energy. So you can see how this continuum of seeking has led to a place where the structures became obsolete for some people and now they live in the vast woo-woo-verse of these, well, some people call them pseudosciences and explorations and curious pathways because they're trying to find what makes sense to them. And you're right, everyone has a different entry into that path. Is it a heartbreak? Were you raised in really rigid conditions and then went 
this isn't working, it's suffocating, I need to find something else. It, it, the stories are fascinating about where people drop into this woo-woo verse and how they get here. So especially for us in the West, we're in a very, um, again, it's such a unique point in time where East now meets West, all these different thoughts and theories coming together. Yeah, the philosophies, you know, started to transcend barriers of country or oceans and everything started to come together as travel became more um, possible. The real landing of these things has been going on since the 1600s and the 1800s. Homeopathy, you know, 1700s, people started going and seeking plant remedies and things like that. It's actually been forming over these long periods of time. It was probably brought mostly into our awareness through um, Eastern medicine kind of infiltrating the West in some ways, but also it was by a woman called Helen Vladivasky from Russia. I'm going to try and say this. <laughs> Theosophical Society. Yeah. Yes. It's, why are all these words so difficult to say? But she was someone who came out around the 1870s and said, you know, okay, thank you for the forefathers of homeopathy and chiropractics and osteo. And I mean, then there's the grannies, right, that used to put nettle, nettles on wounds and plant medicines in Ancient tea. Ancient wisdom, yeah, that's I been passed it's down. It's all been there, but it's it's kind of all been circulating, sometimes not even written down. Certainly it was ruffling people's feathers back then because women were persecuted for yep. practising that kind of medicine. But Helen Vladivasky really came, I used to call her Madame Vladivasky, uh, she really came to the West and said, I have met the Avatar, I have met the Masters, and I've channeled these energies. I've connected with the other side. So she was probably the the mother, they call her the godmother, of the paranormal and occult theosophical movement. She was very open in seeing the world not just in this dimension and she explained it and she wrote 17 volumes on it or something. But that's quite a baller move to just be out with it at that period of time, mm, right? Yeah, and there is a lot of history in this, uh, around this in Russia and places like that. I mean, most countries have a history of this, you know, what people call a cult, but it's just the hidden mysteries. A cult is a word for the hidden mysteries. And in, in those days, if you believed in this or you wanted to speak to a spirit you would go to somebody who was connecting into that society. And, of course, <laughs> then I guess organised religion need to make a very bold statement around people not being able to do that and that it's not what they would consider normal, which is kind of ironic because most of the wonderful miracles and mysteries that happen in those sacred texts involve some kind of vision or connection with another dimension. Mm. But it seems to be for the chosen few. And what she was saying is, well, I think that human beings can do this and they can be taught. And then it kind of moved on as well, didn't it? Then it got a little bit of mainstream acceptance through Carl Jung and psychoanalysts and dream interpretation, archetypes. Yes, yeah, so then I guess medicine or mind medicine, psychiatrics mm. and all that kind of st stuff started studying the subconscious and yeah. the symbology of dreams and, you know, which people in paranormal and occult land were saying, yeah, that's how the spirit world and the other side energies mm, yeah. speak to us, but it's also how our subconscious speaks to us. So that all began and people started to feel 
potentially excited and comfortable with understanding themselves from that perspective. And psychoanalytics who can forget Berkeley electric Kool-Aid. Well, yeah, so then the we move on to like, yeah, the 60s and flower mm. children and hippies mm. and LSD and that chemical exploration of our own psyches as well, using drugs yeah, and to so go in inside. In that time, there was Carlos Castaneda's um, book that launched The Way of Waking Knowledge and that was really interesting because people were talking all about the concepts of the rites and rituals and passages in, you know, Native American culture, which was very exciting to people who were like, yeah, well, this other structure isn't really feeling right and serving me. And so, again, expansion and transformation. And interestingly, around the 70s, um, Transcendental Meditation launched their world plan, which, uh, funnily enough, Deepak Chopra was originally part of and people like Ram Das going to India to Ram study Dass. to connect with his ancient wisdom and bring it back to the west and give it to people in the west in a way that they could understand it and embody it uh, he's so interesting and, and there's that beautiful serendipity of who he moved into his office yeah just t- just got the office next to Timothy Leary that'll change your <laughs> life won't it don't so you love it when you get a new neighbor that just moves you into excellent. a new consciousness. And then, of course, we can't forget Shelley McLean yeah. who came out and put out her book out on, out on a limb and talked about her experience in a hot tub where she could feel oneness. And Look, we've out. all had an experience <laughs> in a hot tub though, haven't we, really? Yeah, it, we all have. Maybe we won't go into those right now. But there is, a, 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 I guess, that moment in history where someone went, hey, I'm seeing and feeling more than what other people are possibly able to share. And then I feel like if we're giving respect, where respect is due, and we're really going to honour the woman who, who more so in modern times has really brought all of this into the mainstream, it's it's Her Royal Highness Oprah, isn't it, mm. that we can really thank for the dialogue <laughs> and the shared dialogue that we all have about this kind of stuff. And also such a great representation of the divine feminine mm. bringing this energy in, you know, yes. with Helen M- Bladovsky and, you know, there are some very key women in this movement. Um, yeah, Oprah, she is responsible for also basically creating group therapy mm. and book clubs around this. Well, that's how we know about whole... Louise L. Hay and Carolyn Meese and Eckhart Tolle and, like, that's – she brought all of these people along with her, didn't she? And before that, Donahue, you know. But, but she went somewhere where no one else has gone and she went into the mode of soul and emotional self and inner child. Like, she had some of the leading experts in the woo-woo-verse on – to talk with people who were troubled and who had transformed. So she really led us in to the woo-woo-verse in a very modern way. The patron saint of the universe. And also around the 80s, which is really where it's considered to have moved into wellness and mm. self-care and started to develop that journey is James Redfield's The Celestine Prophecy. It oh, was that was the first massive. book. Oh, my God. So I was I'm, about you know, 12 when that book came right. out and people were losing their minds. Like, Well, I hadn't heard of it and I'm like 19. I'm at a club and this wonderful girl, Marie, if you're out there, you, I'm attributing this moment to you, hands me this book and says, I think you're ready. 
because mm-hmm. I started saying to her and disclosed to her, I see energy, it's everywhere, I can see spirit guides, I can see it. what is going on, I think there's something wrong with me and she's like, there's nothing wrong with you. You just need to understand this. And, and then again, she gave me the book. Yeah, and so that's even more shared understanding mm. that we as a culture have and the dialogue that we can share in about all of this kind of stuff. So Oprah was instrumental, I guess, in taking this concept and running it on our television screens with people who are working through their problems. And it became the question, well, how did you do it? And what helped you get through that? And so, quite, you know, conversations around faith and Mm -hmm. spirit and soul and prayer and and how people cared and nurtured for themselves. So it started to become this wonderful thing that everyone felt excited by and could tap into and wanted to learn more about. And now we're at this really interesting point where, Mm. again, so we have this shared dialogue. We all know what self-care is. Mm. We know what wellness is. There's these terms and understandings that we can have. But also, I mean, let's say at Goop, which is like real the commodification in many ways and the capitalization of of self-care. And like if you buy the $500 colonic, colonic, then you'll feel better about yourself. Wellness now is really big business. And so there's like these two sides, one where for really vulnerable populations, there's this understanding that self-care is actually a radical act. If the state won't care for you, if you're actively Mm. repressed, taking the time to care for and strengthen yourself is it's radical and it's powerful, but then there's the other side of it as well, where it's like, yeah, buy the $500 crystal and shove it up your clacker and it'll fix all of your problems. We're in such a confusing such time. Such a confusing time. We, and this topic is so confusing in the sense that there are many tribes and, you know, we talked about before that there are leaders of thought and people sometimes gather around one leader of thought or one structure. And you'll hear that all the time in this community um, you know, there are people who only follow the thought process and channeling instructions from Edgar Casey, and then there are other people like who found their own way or yoga and mm-hmm. the yoga um, junkies, you know. But I think a lot of people cross over and are trying to find the answer still. There are things like concepts like wellness real estate, wellness tourism, and Kale juice. Kale juice. Yoni eggs. Yoga bricks. All which we own. Yeah, look, let's not not pretend we don't. (laughs) Because we do. But I think the concept of wellness has always been this holistic view that these parts of ourselves need nourishing. But I think the wonderful thing is that we're starting to think about the fact that it might not just be about how we take care of us, that everything we do to us is also having a greater impact on the rest and it's of not, the world. It's not about isolating. It's about connecting and working together for change. And that's what we're really here in this podcast to do because we are we are practical women as well. Like mm. we're not – we're here to – give practical solutions to everyday problems, um, stuff you don't have to buy, stuff that you can do yourself for yourself, mm. for your community, for the people around you to bring about the change that we need. And we're also just all here doing our best. Like you and I talk about this a b- mm. bit that we both maybe have minor crystal addiction issues. Um, and it's so, but, my love language. For sure. And it's like, so what do I do? Like I want the crystals. I love the crystals, but I also understand I'm taking them out of the earth and that's not a good thing to be doing it is a complicated time to be alive in these communities having these conversations and we really acknowledge that and we honor it and and right down to the concept of 
you know, the new age movement is centered around a few principles and one is that God is everywhere or the Mm. divine is everywhere. It works through everything, including you, the God is within you as well as without on the outside. And so then, you know, if I put down truths or boundaries and they're my truths and boundaries and what about your truths and boundaries and how do they all gel together in a workplace where I want to put my crystal there and that doesn't resonate with you. So it, it's there's probably more questions and conversations at the moment mm. than there are solid answers. There's so many openings for um, people to get really confused. And so someone puts their hand up and says, hey, I've got this machine that does this and, you know, it can bring you back into alignment. Everyone goes, oh, maybe that's the answer. I mean, it's pretty important to explore the concept of where you fit and what your parameters are around this. And actually it might be that every individual is slightly different. The reason it's important is that with so much now available to us to seek into this world of who am I, how do I help myself, how do I align myself, is that it stops you from being misled by other people's speaking. It is one of the most beautiful and profound experiences to work with people and watch them awaken to love within themselves and that they are safe and that the universe loves them and all of those things. It is equally incredibly traumatizing watching people being misled and their belief system becoming belief systems that seem free and easy but are actually full of control. There should be a parallel journey that takes place and that is the awakening of the self and the discovery of who you are and your power and all of those wonderful things. And if that doesn't happen in sort of a symbiosis, somebody else can step in and really guide or mislead you into things that you wouldn't actually feel for yourself. And so it's always keeping those journeys of awakening and awareness happening together And I always say to someone when they first come to see me, you know, where do you locate yourself? What do you believe? And are they your beliefs? Are they someone who cared for you's beliefs? Have they come from a journey? And I think it's important for all of us to go exploring, but equally to know what feels good and right for us and how that fits into our belief system framework. And I think as humans, like, as we've always been fascinated by our internal lives, right? Mm. Even though we're kind of very much been taught these days just to shut up and do your job and consume some stuff, buy some stuff, and then quietly die if you don't mind. Actually, humans have always been so interested. Who am I? Where well, am I? We have How all these am I feelings? here? Well, yeah, what does it all mean? And that's like this is the, the journey that humans have always taken to go, who am I? What does it mean? And life after death. One of the most profound things that happens to us is that somebody is here and then they are not here anymore. How can they be so present, so loved, so alive, so with us, and then all of a sudden gone? And I think that fascinates people on a very primal level and it makes sense that we need to try and understand something that's so profound. Yeah. But I know you and I spoke about this and we were like, well, let's have the conversation. Let's ask the questions. You know, let's ask the questions. Let's try and break it all down and see where we've gotten to in this big, massive continuum that obviously started with the question, who are we? Why are we here? And what can we do about it? Lynette, I am so pleased to be wading 
into the woo-woo-verse <laughs> with you. We're out there trekking in, yep, some kind of lycra silver bodysuits. Yes. Just hoping they reflect it. <laughs> yes, we all are. All into the universe. And we're so, glad, we're so glad that you could join us. Episode one is up right now. So um, click on that right now. Get listening. And uh, welcome to the woo-woo-verse. Welcome to the woo-woo-verse.